dun, 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 dun. Happy birthday. Welcome to the podcast. And no. Hey, happy <laughs> birthday, uh, Matt. Matt, right? It is not Matt's birthday. It is Brad's birthday. Happy birthday, Brad. Oh, you got me. I hope, I, <laughs> yeah. hope, I hope to give you all the Nat 20s. <laughs> I hope to give you the opposite. And to I, receive none. <laughs> I wanted to kick it off with a, with a happy birthday. Oh, wait, what? You're going to sing to me? Or just say happy birthday? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say it, but if uh, you want me to sing. No, this is this this content needs to be paid for. Uh. <laughs> hey, but yeah, okay. It's on our it's on our Patreon it's, if it's you want the, to check it. Join us on Patreon to hear <laughs> Tommy Johnson play on his trumpet. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, snap. That's that's too big of a promise. That's not that's not happening. It's too easy, man. Only the best for our viewers. Oh, snap. Oh gosh, now you have to get me to crack out my trumpet again. So this is a long intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are stuck in quarantine, and what better thing to do in quarantine than use escapism to jump into the world of D&D. No social distancing there. <laughs> exactly. Very socially uh, intimate. Indeed. All right, we are going to jump right into that recap. So... After taking on the dungeon of the sunken citadel and beating the big bad evil guy Nedebioge and sinking him beneath the sand and uh, leaving one of your compatriots behind as well, you guys returned back to the town of Destune where you found remnants of the passing hand that is this mysterious cult slash uh, intelligence slash uh, rogue agency that you've heard whispers about that somehow... You have people that you know that are somewhat involved with it, but you're not quite sure how. Uh, they're secretive, but everybody knows who they are. It's very uh, backwards and confusing. You met up with Marcus, who saved your butts from getting handed to you in the city streets, along with his pet, Platadillo Toby. You made your way back to his shop, where you discussed plans and such, and then descended down into the depths of the secret passageway that leads into the headquarters uh, for the Destune chapter of the Passing Hand. Upon reaching the bottom and getting down there, you found a couple of passageways and doors uh, and opened one to reveal a chamber that was pretty disturbing. It was a testing chamber for some sort of brainwashing technique that they were using the Charm Person spell to do their dastardly deeds with. There were two researchers that were tieflings that were running these experiments and quickly and not so quietly, you managed to dispatch one of them upon then being ambushed by the five guards that were in the room right across the uh, hallway from you and took all of them on, all of them surrounding Marcus and him just barely hanging on by a thread. But you guys managed to take out everybody in that room that was a hostile enemy against all odds and against multiple 20s thrown at Marcus. <laughs> yep. And have now been searching around this room. Uh, you found Melstoni was trapped up and being held in one of these positions and found the keyword that was used to trigger and untrigger the fugue state that he was being trapped in. And have for now put him back into his fugue state and left him tied up. As you guys are exploring here, you have decided to try and make it out as quickly and quietly as possible. But as you were doing so, heard a voice down the hallway and the sound of footsteps approaching. And that is where we're going to pick up. So you guys have a little bit of time, not much, to make something happen. Do we have any time at all? You hear the sound of footsteps approaching. So, so you basically have it's just a little bit of time. Run or prepare for another encounter of sorts. 
Whatever you guys want to do. And didn't didn't we hear that it was the big boss too yeah. specifically? Yes. How how did our conversation end? Because I'm pretty sure we did have a conversation because we were talking a bunch, and then that is what like kept us there from moving right away. Yeah, no, our conversation was very, uh, I wanted to leave, and you guys wanted to release everybody. And because we took so long, now we're in this situation. Okay, we okay. Were, so now it's up to, to me to get us out of this situation. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> I go, I, I, I like to whisper over to, which one of you is closest to probably, like, the table of, like, papers with all, like, the research? Not me, it'd probably be Herek. I'd yeah, say I'm by I the think door. I, was, I think I was reading all the stuff at the end, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd like to just whisper and say, grab what you can. We are getting ready. Uh, I don't actually have to whisper. Sorry. Cone of whispers real quick. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, right, I, I just say, grab what you can. I'm going to make a distraction, and we are all going to run for it. You know what? I think that's a good idea. I don't think I can... I don't think we can last another fight. Yep. I uh, look down at Toby... And uh, I uh, I say, it's time for you to go for a run, boy. And I send him running across. So there was a door on the other side of the hall, right? Where the guards came from? Correct. I would like to send him running in there and try to like make it look like he did all this commotion in this room and is now running to the next room. Ah, nice. So like he's <laughs> going to hopefully drag them that way while we can sneak up behind their backs. Meanwhile, we're just shoveling a bunch of papers into our backs. Into our packs. Was Malstoni cut down? I thought that we... I thought that I cut him down. I can't remember. Yeah, you did. You you told him to leave. But then he was stuck with us. Yeah, he's stuck with us. So he is with us. Brad Brad did say that he was cut down, but that's not the case. Or that he wasn't cut down. Oh, so you guys did cut him down. Sorry, folks. It's been a few weeks. And... Yeah, because he had that conversation about wanting to go and wait for you guys out, out in, outside. Yeah, outside of Destune. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he did leave, though, right? I, I don't, I don't he remember didn't if leave, he... I don't think he had a chance he was, to. Yeah. Okay. He was right, talking so about it, guys. and then I think it was when we heard the voices of the big boss coming. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we'll go we'll over that then. So Melstone is with you guys. He, uh, You look and see he uh, adjusts his gear and everything and gets prepared to make a run for it. Nice. All right. Everybody ready? On your mark, friendo. I'm ready. The sound of footsteps approaches the outside, <laughs> and you guys see Toby give the little scrape, scrape against the stone floor and just take off barrel running nice. like a happy dog <laughs> and just runs right across the hallway. And you hear audible, whoa, what? You see there's a bolt of fire that streaks down the hallway through the open door, like across like down the hallway from you guys as Toby runs into the next room. Nice. Are you guys uh, staying out of sight from like the, the line doorway. of sight of the door? Yes. yes. I'm waiting till I see both figures dart in there. How, how's Toby going to make it out? Hold on a second. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that. Okay. I won't. <laughs> don't worry about Toby it. Toby runs in yeah. and you see there are two figures that run past. You see one is bright red and the other is like a dull purple color. Mm-hmm. These are both also tieflings, like the ones that you just dispatched in this room. And you see that they both turn the corner and run into that room. And you see uh, just in this quick instance, the brightly colored red tiefling 
seems to have streaks of gray hair that pour down the back of his head and two horns on his head like the other tieflings but one of them is chipped and cracked on the right and you see he moves with a little bit of a limp the other one seems to be more put together and is wearing one of the typical black robes uh that you've seen from the rest of the passing hand cult members but uh that's all you can really see in an instance as they turn and run into that room you guys have one round now to try to make it out sprint boom uh yeah i bolt for it yeah mm-hmm. The passageway is about 30 feet long to get from where you guys are at down to the ladder that leads upwards. Are you guys trying to do this sneakily at all or just making a run for it? Um, pretty think, sure we're uh, just going for it. I think we're just bolting. All right. We're Sounds hoping good. the distraction so you- is enough. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he's making a lot of noise, but, you know, maybe we'll make some noise as well. But it's better for us just to get out. Also, just so you know, without any guidance, he will just move around the room uh, in there without me telling him to do anything, and he will automatically take the dodge action if they try to hit him. That is that is all he will do. He's just running around and taking dodge actions. Nice. All right, so you guys hear a huge commotion going on behind you. You hear (laughs) clang, 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 (laughs) clang, and uh, like you hear one. Like the sound of like, uh, uh, wait, what, what is that? Oh, oh I, no, stop. No, that's press. Oh, oh, oh. And very much a well-timed distraction commotion going on behind you. Um, I would like to take a look down the other hallway to see if I can see anything interesting through the door as I turn the corner. Yeah. So you know how Notre Dame is set up? Or have, like have you movie? seen like, no, no, like an aerial view of Notre Dame, the cathedral. Okay. So it's like a long hallway with two wings off to either side. Uh-huh. So that's all that this is. So it's just one long hallway, and they came from the far end of the hallway, and you guys came from the door on the right. Okay, so we can, So I don't really see anything except for the hallway? Correct. Okay, that's fine. I'll, hmm. I disregard that as uninteresting and could just bolt. Yeah, you guys successfully make it up the ladder. I'm going to make a few rolls here. Great. Are we going to get hit by whatever traps we dodged last time all right for the record i was rolling to see if in that time they had been able to hit toby and i rolled three natural ones in a row <laughs> Happy birthday, <Wow>. man. <laughs> no joke no joke <laughs> all right so you guys hear a uh, commotion going on behind you but definitely a lot of frustration from the dm I mean, the the tieflings. And you guys make it up to the top of the latch. It was disabled from when you guys first descended down. And so uh, you have no trouble actually getting up and out. Woohoo! I know there's a lot of people upstairs. We we should sit in the room for a while that we we have. Uh, I'm not sure if that's such a good idea. I mean, how much you trust the bartender? I thought he was in on it, right? VC is prisoners leaving. Oh, you mean Malstoney? Yeah. Hey, Malstoni, I got a room here if you want to take it for the night. Uh, Perhaps it is not best to bed down in a place that is so close to our enemy. Yep, I agree. Okay, that's fair. I'm continuing just to walk out. I will um, make it to the entryway or like where like the rooms meet the like where I assume like the bar and all that stuff is at. 
And then, like, I'm running all the way there, and then, like, a couple feet beforehand, like, maybe, like, ten feet before I get to that entryway, I, you know, slow down to a walking speed, try to catch my breath as quickly as possible, and uh, walk out. <laughs> I'll follow soon. Just... <sighs> All right, you see Borden follows and tracks you uh, all the way across the room, but doesn't say anything. Okay. Um, I don't know if I did this already. I might have done this in the last episode, but I give Malstoni my uh, hood. Like, I I, was, I had wet that uh, black cloak. Oh, nice. All right. I think yep, you did you got do it. that last, ep- last I, episode. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't think I have enough time to put on makeup on him, but I, and I don't even know if Borden will realize what's going on in the first place but right yeah you guys i'll make it outside uh it is dark the town is desolate and it's just the sound of wind that is pouring across the desert landscape i uh um, well marcus where do we go i don't even know if my shop is safe here do i have a basic understanding of which direction the mountains would be in yeah i'd be north Yep. Let's head north. Ah, it'll be nice to return home, I think. I uh I could possibly get us some lodging as when we get to the to the mountains. How far of a trip is that? How how long of a of a walk? Oh, about uh Brad, how long would it be? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are traveling through the desert, it's going to be about 4 days. So it's 4 days to the center. On foot. Well, if you're traveling across the desert, it's going to be about four days if you go nonstop. So with sleeping and breaks and everything, probably a week. And if you're going in without provisions, you're probably not going to make it. Oh. Yep. Hmm. You guys are on the southern portion of the desert right now. Oh, and I... And it's not called called the Great Desert for nothing, you know? Right. I didn't realize we were at the southern end. I thought we were more of like... The you're not on the southern end. It's like the southern portion. Right. I Yeah. I... I Thought we were more just central. My mistake. I still think for tonight, we sleep outside of town a ways. We get our rations in the morning and try to make it out before a few too many people notice. I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't make it all the way there uh, with our current supplies. Uh, Malstoni, you said you had a place? Yes, it is not much. It is not very large either, but it will be enough. That's fine. I could sleep outside. Indeed. Uh, follow me. He leads you guys over around and behind the rest pit and goes and grabs his cow mills and leads them by the lead. And you guys walk outside of town over the dunes uh, in a bit of a different direction from when you had first set out. There is a large dune that crests over off onto the eastern side of town. And you go over it to find that there is like an actual rocky portion that has been dug out into the cliff or like under the dune and ah, been cleared cool. away. And uh, it's like a rocky overhang that so when there's a bunch of sand that covers it, it is shaped in a way that kind of protects it from being caved in at all times. Hmm. And uh, you notice that for the most part, the wind in this desert tends to flow in the same direction. And so it's always just constantly sweeping off the ground for him. Just a pretty ingenious setup. He's lived in the desert for a long time, huh? It's true. He leads you over to the front door and it's just a wooden door, opens it up uh, inside. It's dark. He goes over and lights a few kerosene candles. It's not very large in here, maybe only 20 by 20. 
and uh, just has a humble bed and a humble table and a few of his personal belongings and says, it is not much uh, and I do not have much food here, but uh, you are welcome to uh, have anything that you would like. I appreciate Malstoni. This is really nice. Uh, indeed. Perhaps one of us should stay guard up for the night. Not a bad idea. I, I can take first. I'll take first. Yeah, I say we do it in shifts. Yeah. Marcus? Yeah, I'll take a shift. All right. Uh, I will take the first. You all get some rest. He sets up his chair and begins uh, just sitting. And you see he's got his eyes closed and it looks like he's just calmly meditating um, and getting into... Uh, a peaceful state while staying very alert. You guys all immediately pass out, uh, Marcus especially. <laughs> and uh, as much as sleep comes to you quickly, it's not without its sadness of knowing what just happened. Yeah, holy cow, that was insane. Is it a restful night or fitful? When it comes for Herox's turn, you're up next. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Is this the first roll of the game? That's a... Uh, uh... I made several. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a nine uh as far as you can tell n- nothing changes outside and your shift passes on to exioc mm-hmm. uh, i would like to take the time to uh keep flipping through my journal uh still i just make note of lot many uh it's like a, a a wizard textbook essentially like the first half of it sure nothing of it uh, supreme importance but that's just a seven for perception <laughs> yeah doesn't seem like anything is different for you either sweet your shift passes with, without incident moving on to marcus marcus you've had a pretty decent amount of sleep it's been about six hours and you've gotten into that late rem cycle where your eyes are starting to shift uh under their eyelids and your mind takes you to a land of dreams <laughs> birthday dream sequence birthday dream sequence <laughs> Birthday dream sequence, as they say in my country. (laughs) (laughs) The great white north. Marcus, you are back in your old workshop. You feel at home. You feel at ease. Your hands are in the state where you know exactly what they're doing. And so even though in your dream state you can't see your hands moving, you know that they are constructing what is meant to be your companion and you have the blueprints laid out and you look over and you see your friend smiling back and she hands you a tool. You use the wrench in order to put the final bolt in and all of a sudden it starts whirring and coming to life. The scene shifts now back underground to where your imagination can only take what is happening to Toby right now. And you see one image of Toby being suspended by just one arm over a pool of lava the scene again shifts to him on an operating table with buzz saws and tweezers being pulled in pride to test out his inner mechanisms it shifts again to see a red tiefling figure reaching his hand into the back of toby and violently ripping out whatever mechanism was powering him Uh, through these various shifting images you are tossing and turning in your sleep so that by the time that Exiot comes and nudges you to wake you up you sit outright and almost stab him (laughs) oi what did I do it's your watch Marcus okay chill nothing changed man I need some shut eye Get some rest. Marcus, go ahead and give me a perception check. Poor Toby. Eight. Yeah. You hear nothing. You see nothing. 
I hear nothing. During this time, while everybody is asleep, I'd like to take out my smith's tools and uh, try to take any material I can. Or I'm going to put together, not a platadillo, but a, uh, I'm going to put together this time kind of a... Uh, what kind of other sand creatures are in this area? <laughs> Definitely scorpions. scorpions. Uh, there are... Yeah, there, so sand, sand shrew, probably. I don't know. There are little... <laughs> nice. Like mole-type creatures that you've seen around. Are there like uh, any lizard-type things? You haven't seen any yet. You have been around the tavern okay. quite a bit, and you've heard tale of the slizzard. The slizzard. <laughs> I like they were described going. to you by multiple different people that you can't really know for sure what they look like, but the stories come together in a way that lets you know that they are quadrupedal, four legs of a lizard with a lizard body, and then mm-hmm. the head wraps up, and where a lizard's head would normally be is the body of a snake so it's like what a you know like a dinosaur like a a brontosaurus oh yeah brachiosaurus um kind of like that except as a lizard body with a snake head and snake neck more snaky whoa uh that seems a little too uh a little too menacing to be walking around town so i'm gonna just turn him into kind of a a metal cat you got it nice you don't have a ton of tools and parts on you i'm not sure as part of being an artificer meaning you can just make it out of nothing or do you have to be at your workshop i can make it with my magic smith tools essentially like uh my smith tools come from it all right well if that's in the rules we will let it happen so you spend the good i'd like yeah i'd like to yeah say that i have to come up with materials though because it just says at the end of a long rest as long as you have your smith tools i feel like that's kind of cheating <laughs> so you just like take some of Malstoni's. Yeah, I, I want to like trash. be taking like yeah, Mel Stoney's like I don't know any anything he has. He's like take apart his dining room table. <laughs> you take all his doorknobs, all his chandeliers. All his <laughs> oh wait, yeah, metal. <laughs> so I I offered you apples and you took everything. What happened? <laughs> be- because it's in the rules that you can just use your Smith's tools. We will accommodate the story around it. So okay. You are looking around in the 20 by 20 room, not a ton of stuff in here to be using. There is a trap door in the back right corner that has just a bunch of junk material that is mostly just like rusted (laughs) iron parts, but it's got a few bits and bobbles here. You don't find any money. It looks like that is more well hidden unless you want to give a perception investigation check for it. Oh, no, it's fine. And are able to construct it except for uh, little pieces here and there, which the bottom of the chair that you were sitting on has uh, a couple of pegs that would be really useful. And it's gone. Yep. That chair's disassembled already. (laughs) And now there's only one kerosene lamp. Yep. Sounds fine. And as you finish up your shift, the final mechanisms get put into place and you see the new amalgamation creation that you've made were to life. Exioc and Hirok, you guys are awoken awakened by the sound of whirring mechanisms. To- Toby? It uh, hops up as a cat would. What the? Get this thing off of me! I'm sw- I like sw- start <laughs> swatting at him. <laughs> it scares uh, me. You see this Toby 2.0 made from broken rusted parts. It's kind of like moving like a cat would, but a little like shaky, jittery, like a robot would. And is like a cat would be if a cat was a like robot that 
uh, has not yet been designed for smoothness. So he is uh, moving around and uh, just like tries to jump and gets like maybe two inches off the ground, tries again four inches, and then jumps all the way up on top to Exioc's shoulder. And like he looks like he should only weigh about five pounds, and he's like a good 25 pounds <laughs> as he lo- <laughs> <laughs> I fall under the weight yeah and he just kind of walks off and is still getting used to his new joints and everything and you can see as he's moving around the joints are getting smoother and smoother as he's getting more used to uh his new body i kind of like him. get 2b.0 out of here get him under control hey uh small man i'm talking to exiac let me see your knife uh what's it to you you'll see i pull it out slowly and i i hirak is sweating (laughs) Uh, I, f- I flip him a knife. I got plenty. I take it. But it's one of my it's one of my throwing ones, not my nice one. I take that and I take my shield and at the beginning of the day I begin to, uh, you know, enchant both of these things. And when I bring it back to you, good sir, I did a little special something to it. Ah, let me see, let me see. Um, this, all, this, this all takes like a, a little bit of time. I'll go uh, use Toby as target practice. We'll go outside. <laughs> Uh, is this I one can... also called Toby? They're all Toby. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Two B Point O. Get it? So yeah, so it's nice. a, a plus one weapon, and then throw it. See what happens. All right, I I, I uh, twirl it in my fingers because as I've done many a time, I grab it by the blade and I whip it towards Two B Point O. Go and roll to hit. It's a plus one to the attack bonus. Yeah, a plus one to both attack bonus and damage. Okay, that's uh fifteen. That is exactly his AC. Nice. You did not get sneak attack because he was expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and that's four damage. Wait. Okay. No, uh, 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 six damage. Very nice. Takes the six damage. The second that the knife uh, lands in him and does the damage, it immediately comes back to your hand. Oh. My my eyes my eyes go wide as my knife comes flying back at me. Uh, do I have to do anything in particular to make sure that it I don't get stabbed or anything? Just catch it. Okay, so I pu- I just put up my hand and hope for the best. Yeah, you have to be worthy in order to mm-hmm. hold it. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, is it like a blink back or an actual travel? So this is called a returning weapon. So I take a simple and martial weapon with the throne property. Uh, this magic weapon... Uh, grants a plus one bonus to both attack and damage rolls made with it, and it returns to the wielder's hand immediately after it is used to make the ranged attack. Okay. Oh, so it just mm-hmm. blinks to my hand? So it could just blink, but I... I... Right. Uh, we'll say that it has to physically uh, zoom through the air to Travel return to your hand. Yeah, but it's not going to take like a reflex thing. Like As it flies through the air, you see that it writes itself where the blade is facing upward. So all you have to do is extend your hand and it gets placed perfectly back into the hilt. Then I'm going to go ahead and heal Toby. You spend uh, however long it takes to do that. Yeah, uh, 10 minutes. This is this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen since my since my old uh, uh, boss Flaskmaster. Uh, f- wait, what's his name? <laughs> Flaskmaker. Uh, last showed me his his latest uh, trials, but then they went south. But still, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. I throw, I just like throw it off into the distance and uh, and just wait for it to come back. Uh, it does, and I'm and I, I'm like I'm like dancing around like a little like a giddy little goblin would if he received just like 
I don't know, a gold coin. Except for this is like on a scale way more. I'm just like, woohoo! Yeah, any sign of an old small man being there has immediately been replaced by that of a greedy goblin who's just got a fancy shiny new toy. Oh yeah, and my I my my uh my disguise has completely well not completely fallen. I obviously still have the the beard on, but my ears are sticking out, and I'm not wearing any makeup or anything, so I look more gray mm-hmm. than you than you would have expected. Yep. Or did you fall asleep in your makeup and now it's not like yeah, all smeared just and stuff. Smear mascara. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the morning after it happens, man. <laughs> yeah. Bunny ears flopping everywhere. Uh, Melstoney is outside with the rest of you, but has his eye towards town, making sure that nobody is coming for you guys. And he just seems to be staring off. As soon as you finish up healing Toby, uh, Hirok, do you want to do anything before you guys set out? Uh, are we, did we heal and did we, do we use So you get up to, to full. Heal? No, you get up to full hit points after a long rest. And we get one and hit you dice regain, back, right? Yeah, you, and you got your yeah. spell slots back, too. And you get your spell slots nice. back. I'm pretty sure you regain half your level of hit points It's back. true. So you, are, you if you back. have used some of your hit dice, you get two of them back. I used one, so I get one back. So you get, so you get it back, yep. Nice. You cannot have more than your max. Yeah. Wait, wait, say that again. I get max HP. Did you use your hit dice yet, Tommy? Uh, yeah, I, I was down to one and I had three. Well, you have four. Yeah, so you should be up to... You should be up to three again. Wait, I have four? Yeah, you get one every time you level up. level four. Oh. Oh, right. Professional yeah. D&D players here, folks. Hey, I'm <laughs> I'm a pro, man. Also, how far away... This is not sort of related, but how far away is, is Tanfist from here? Is from, it's on... Like by... So it's on the other side of the mountains. And this okay. is where we're headed? Yeah, so Tanfis is a, like, it's not in the mountain tops per se, but it's, like, on a ridge that overlooks a forest. It's, like, in the lowlands on the other side of the mountains. Would okay. I be familiar with the region, Brad? Uh, enough. So is it, clo- is it close to where I grew up or no? His place is somewhat close. It's still probably a good 40, 50 miles away. From the mountain itself, but... Okay, so it's not, like, directly north. No. So, just so you guys know, and we'll tell the audience, to the north is that mountain range. It's called the Dragon Spine to most people, but in the orc tongue, is called uh, the Unk Spire. And the orcs and the goblins share a common tongue in those mountains. They are... There are three of them that are pronounced peaks. The middle one is uh, Unk Thurgo, I believe. The left one is called Unk Dwargan, and the one on the right is Unk Raufu. Yeah, that's right. And the center one uh, is the tallest and is constantly covered by storms, is inhospitable, and the rock is hard underneath, and so neither dwarf nor goblin has dared to bury beneath it. The dwarves live in Unk Dwargan, and the goblins live in Unkrafu. And on the other side of the mountains, there is a deep forest where the elves live and have settled down since, or for the last several hundred years, there's a colony of elves. In the lowlands between the mountain and the forest is like a rocky cliff area. And that is where uh, Tanfis is. And Tanfis is a small colony of Aarakocra that live mostly in the cliffs that are uh, in those lowlands, just on the other side of the ah. mountains. Cool, cool. So the the biggest city is in Unkdwargan, and that's under the mountain. So you, you, this is this is common knowledge. Everybody here would know this. Right. Uh, 
I'd like to ask Melstonia where he knows we could get anything like horses or you know, beasts of burden that we could uh, travel maybe faster on. He's got his cow mills with him. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned it in a while, but the cow mills have the two humps and the six legs that yep. make them better beasts of burden for the desert. So they are the only choice as far as you know. Nice. But those are his. I, he's not... Is he coming with us? I don't think... We, we we set him free. I think he owes us at least something. A parting gift. That's fair. I won't complain with that. <laughs> Do you say this in uh, front of Melstoney? <laughs> I'm not afraid to. Yeah. Melstoney, I I know you uh, just got out, but there's a lot of people like you that need our help. And uh, would you be willing to help us to get to the mountains north of here? Well, um... I don't understand how that helps them. I whisper. I can... uh, You see his eyes are like shifting around as he's trying to process this. Well, it seems that my private contracting has resulted in more than I bargained for originally with the passing hand. As... You don't say. I, I was told that they were a bit creepy and to stay away from them, but it seems that they have taken advantage of me more than I would have preferred. Did you did you deal with them directly? Borden was my point of contact. He would tell me what to do. I would ask no questions and only deliver the goods. Occasionally, some of the people would come into the tavern. In fact, uh, this character that you have been speaking of, young goblin man, what is his name? Baron Von Terso? Oh yeah, Baron Von Terso. He had been in, in the uh, uh, respite, but only a week ago. And I knew that he had something to do with it. But I have no dealings really with the passing hand other than as a liaison. Did you recognize those two tieflings that we saw at the very, when we were escaping? Did you, have you ever seen them around? I have not. Uh, I had no idea that the two, they were doing experiments on people. Um, in fact, Marcus, uh, I had heard that you were asking around for your friend and to know that she was under there the entire time. That's, that's his, uh, that's a sad thing of how secretive they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Marcus goes outside with Toby. <laughs> right. Uh, you, uh, uh what, what, what do you guys want to do? Well, <clears throat> we need supplies. We're never going to make it to the, uh, to the Unkspire without getting some sort of rations and lots and lots of water. I've wandered these deserts for quite a little bit now, and uh, water is uh, it's a hot commodity, I'll say. I uh, I know there is a ready supply of dirty water. That doesn't really help us, though. <laughs> I have been working on something to clean it. For drinking purposes. Oh, in the same way you worked on my little uh, dagger here, I give it a little flipsy and a toss across the room and it zooms back to my head. Yes, in a similar fashion. You know, I think we're really going to get along here, friendo. I think uh, as long as you, you know, make yourself useful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got lots of uses. I believe it. With that, I'll I do a little handstand. <laughs> <laughs> the beard comes off. Can he do a performance check? I want to see if he actually does a handstand. Yeah, all out. Uh, crit twenty twenty three. <laughs> oh my! I I I'm I'm holding it for a while, and then I pull up one hand and I do it one handed. Does some one handed 
handstand push-ups. <laughs> I, I, I give them a little. No, clap. no, no. I, I don't do the push-ups. My strength is uh, bad. Okay. But then I, I, okay. I land back on my feet and say, I could get places. I like it. Well, we might need you to. Uh, I don't know how uh, well I can rummage around town for supplies. I've made uh, knowing that you know the bartender is quite familiar with me and also quite familiar with the passing hand. Showing my face around town might not be the best idea today. Yeah, you know, I think I got got something that'll work. And with that, I'm gonna pull my hair out of its ponytail so it's uh, hanging around my my shoulders really long. And I'll um and I'll take off my beard and I'll give myself uh, a paler skin. I'll put on a little a little makeup. I'll be like, and I'll say, <clears throat> uh, I could go around town and see if I could drum up some supplies. Uh, give me a performance check. Uh, dang it. Uh, nine. <laughs> Less than convincing, <laughs> but you can try. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call any attention to myself. I'll just go to the shops. No one would recognize me, not like this. Well, as far as I can see, it is our best option. And if he dies, so what? I mean, uh, hey. no, uh, hey. we, we can't. Ab- that's that's fair. I don't like the way you talk, you're talking about Stoney. I thought we had a little something going. <laughs> I, it, it was an attempt at a joke. I'm I sorry. Mean, I mean, ha, ha, ha. I'll see you in uh, about an hour. All right. Sounds good. Exioc, you take off uh, towards the town. Wait a second. Wait, wait. Before okay. he leaves, how far away is the town? Quarter mile. I tell Exioc, actually, um, I don't think you'll have to go alone. I tap myself, and I become invisible for an hour. <laughs> All right. I say, well, I, it'll be nice having a guardian angel watch over me. As I, <laughs> and I look over my left shoulder. And I know, but like a hundred percent, he's not there. <laughs> but like, he's probably like like somewhere else in the room. But like I'm acting like I can see him. Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm over here." Uh, uh, <laughs> but like, and then I and then I go on the other side of you. No, I'm over here. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Let's okay. go. All right, uh, you guys head out and start walking back towards the town. Marcus and Melstoni are going to chill out as you guys make your way closer to the town. You can see there is. No activity going on outside whatsoever. You approach and start walking through the streets and there's nobody outside and you see just like a tumbleweed, you know, it is a desolate place, which is strange because every other day there's been some sort of activity going on out here. Right. Mm, It's quiet. Um, I go to the bar and go to the, to the, what I want to do is look in the rooms we just were in last night and see if I can find anything. But I don't want to, like, spring any traps. So I'm... Nice. So you're going on a stealth mission, and I think you're still with me. So I, I'm occasionally still talking to you. Okay, yeah, Trek, yeah. there's not very many people here. Yeah. Exioc, you keep walking. Hirak, you split off from him, and he's none the wiser. <laughs> Hirak, go ahead and give me a stealth check with advantage. Okay. Five. So my best was a 14. As you enter into the rest pit, there is nobody on the inside, not even in the front counter. The door was unlocked still, and you make your way through. As you turn, uh, make your way to the far side, uh, you see that there is a figure in a black cloak just on the other side of the door frame that leads down into the rest of the underground bedrooms. He doesn't see you, and he doesn't hear you, but you can see that he is standing there, and he's got daggers at the ready. Is he like a guard for the door? 
or he's on the other side of the door uh, for anybody that might be coming downstairs. Okay. What I'm going to do is, can I cast a cantrip while I'm, like, I got to stay concentrated on the spell, right? As soon as you cast a spell. Yeah, as soon as you do anything. It's broken. Your invisibility works. Okay. How, is it like a large, heavy door and he's right on it? Or do you think I could Isn't, try to slip so in? So what I'm saying is it's an open passageway that leads down into where the bedrooms are. It's the top of the stairs, right? Oh, he's in the he's in the doorway. Yeah, he's not blocking it. He's like hidden around the corner right, to jump someone. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and walk past him. All right. Oh snap! So that's what that stealth roll was for before to walk past him. Yeah. Oh, he did make it past him. I was. And you beat his passive yeah. perception, so you make it by, and the guard is none the wiser and seems to be like. Half falling asleep, too, because he was posted all night. Can you describe him? Is he just a nonchalant passing hand member? Is he someone we've seen? This is a nonchalant passing hand member. He's got a bit of a darker skin tone, but he's got the signature goatee and cloak. But his eyes do seem to be kind of like looking forward, uh, pupils dilated kind of thing. Got it. Okay, I'm moving forward. Uh, You make it down to the bottom where or close to the bottom where your rooms were. And you see that the door is open and cracked a little bit. And the room doesn't look to be touched other than the bed looks like it's been lifted up and looked under. So you can tell that it's been searched, but it doesn't look like it's been torn apart because there's not much in here to tear apart. Got it. It's good that we didn't stay there. (laughs) Brad, I don't think this will matter, but I just want to make sure that you know that uh, when I create a new guardian thing or no mm-hmm. toby uh the old one does die does it die does it just stop working or does it like dis- disintegrate or it probably what collapses into parts that's what i would say if it's like held together by ethereal yeah i just wanted to make magic. sure that uh it immediately perishes oh so it might stay together yeah it could stay together but i mean unfortunately toby was gone long before yeah <laughs> I wanted to make sure that there wasn't any Toby left over. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to throw like a zombie Toby at you later on. So here, how can you find that? Uh, anything else you want to do down here? So I, I want to go down into the, the rooms that we were in. Yeah, that's where that's where you just were. Oh, oh, oh wait, you mean, oh, you mean like the secret entrance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that door still open or do I have to, is it padlocked and trapped again? It is open. Ah. Yeah. The the trap door is open for easy access now. The rest of the rest pit has been cleared out. Even as you're walking by, normally you hear snores of people that were like conked out, but there is nobody in this building. It is a shell of a place. As you head down the trap doored stair um, uh, ladder, that leads downwards, you uh, are still invisible and make it to the bottom and give a scan around. The room hallway here is dark and you see that at the very end of the hallway, there's a little bit of light permeating underneath the double oak heavy door. What's he going to do? Is that the one that was to the left that we did? That's the one at the very far end of the hallway. That they came from, the two... Before I go in there, can I go to the door on the left and see if there's any additional... I'm looking for, like, notebooks or, like, tomes or any anything that can give us more information that we didn't already pocket 
you can go in there. So you very creepily or slowly creep in. Creepily. Creepily creep. Creepily creep. <laughs> this is got several beds in it. It looks like five sets of bunk beds that were housing places for members of the passing hand. You see there are three members that are over off in the right corner, all in their black cloaks and all talking to each other. Each of them have several or they have double scythe things going on. Uh, so one at each side. And you see ever so faintly the stain of red blood on them. And you know they haven't noticed you. They are talking to each other and you can barely overhear their conversation. They seem to be saying, so we did what the boss asked. Perhaps he will grant us favor this time around. Well, not if you keep acting like an idiot. Well, it, it is... I, I, I do not, I do not know, and it's it's a very weird conversation to witness. It's almost like their minds are half working. And have you ever like been woken up from a dream and someone's asking you like a difficult question and your brain is trying to process it? Yeah, you just just doesn't sound like just can't process. Their whole it. conversation is in that kind of state. Okay. Um, is there anything else in the room? I don't want to. It's just them in beds. They have foot lockers at the end of their beds, but they're all closed. <laughs> that's not a gamble i'm gonna take. <laughs> there's also a pile of scrap metal uh over in the left corner okay rip that's probably toby rip um rip. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to the the big oak door with a light under it okay um and i'm gonna i'm gonna listen for what's on the other side and maybe look underneath the door you know, the little yeah, slot. you see movement on the other side. You hear voices coming from the other side of the door. And one of them sounds like one of the gruff, angry voices that you heard as you were fleeing for your life uh, the previous night. You hear it say, It has been a week since we've last heard from the Baron. We've been sending supplies every other week, and our last shipment came back with troubling news. Our friend has been a little more resistant than normal to our influence. Uh, you hear another voice replied to him say have no fear i shall make him a part of our cause once again as soon as we get him back under our influence you hear the first voice say mm, indeed he shall be with the hand soon once again under your guidance then uh you hear the other voice go my friend soon we shall know the extent of the endeavors in the ancient temple our mission shall be complete and the secret to eternal life earned your device will not go unnoticed. My, my lord, that is most gracious. There is a complication, though. With the break-in from last night, it seems that perhaps more extensive measures will need to be taken than we had done last night. Perhaps the town folk are still hiding them, and we need to do a little bit more persuading. Uh, you hear the other voice go, Have no fear. My way is the way of power, and as only the strong fall, do we gain our strength. Uh, I, I do not know what you mean, and I, 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 I mean no disrespect to you. It's just that a, a few of the recruits yesterday were attacked by the group of civilians, and I fear that these may have been the same ones that, you know, uh, invaded us in the previous nights. And we have not found them yet, and as much as our efforts have gone... Uh, it seems that the town folk have been less than cooperative and our methods still have not yielded the results we were looking for. 
we have diffused the situation as well as we can, but our force, show of force may not have been as uh, direct as it should have been. Well, have no fear, my friend. All will be revealed in time, as long as you have faith and trust. Yes, might I see that book that you were speaking of? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The bird's book will be under my care for now, but I, I appreciate your candor. Now, it has been a long night, and I'm afraid I must go rest. Okay, the second I hear him say that, I I don't run, but I'm, I'm exiting the premises. <laughs> Briskly walking. Right. Uh, yeah, you make a bolt for it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more stealth check. Cut. Is it still with advantage? He is invisible. He is invisible. I am invisible. Oh, baby, that's a nat 20. Oh, baby, he's still invisible. That's a birthday 20. I'm going to roll again. The second one was a 16. I'll keep the 20. 20 plus whatever. Can I, just as I'm on the way out, can I look to my perspective left to the door? The room we fought in. Yeah. Is there, is there the other people all chained up and roped up and all the, all the people still in there? Yeah. So you look in there and everyone else is chained up with the leather straps, but they are all in different places than they were the night before. Interesting. Are they, they're still alive, right? They are still alive. You see that each of, or a few of them, especially the two half elves that you saw the night before. Uh, have a lot more cuts and bruises and scrapes on them. And all of them have little smears of blood on them as well. And you look around and you see now in this room, uh, the bodies that you had taken out the night before have been piled into a corner and Ugh. covered with a sheet. But as you look, you you see that there's a lot more bodies under there than you thought there should have been for the amount of people that you killed last night. Oh, snap. Hmm. That's what I was afraid of. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm exiting the building. Yeah. All right. You make your way up through the trap door and use your beautiful twenty to sneak all the way out without being caught or captured, and you are back outside. Meanwhile, Exioc. Cool. I I kill the I I, I kick the guard in the balls as my. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, roll for initiative. I don't. I don't. <laughs> roll initiative. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Exioc, you have been traversing through the town talking to Invisible Hirak and. <laughs> Yeah, I head straight to the market. Yeah, no one is here. Hmm. Are any of the shops open? They are not. Like any like supplies hanging in empty, like unguarded carts kind of thing? Because <laughs> they're just like literally nothing. So there were carts and that's where the market, that's how the marketplace operates is from carts. But all the carts are closed right. up and padlocked. So. Oh, can I remember where... Uh, the food one was as well as just like where I could buy canteens. Yes, you can. I would like to take stock of the surroundings first and then uh, pick one of those locks. If I can be out of sight, that perception would be check. Oh, okay. Uh, that is a 19. You look around the dirt huts that sink into the ground have been boarded up from the inside. And you can assume that the denizens are inside at as far as you can tell, there's no one else around here as you're looking around, but 
that doesn't mean that there is nobody. But with your 19, you can't see anybody right now, but that doesn't mean that they are not around. Okay. So how are the... Eh, I'll just go for it. <laughs> is there, right. I, I was seeing if there was like a, if they were arranged in a way where I could be behind them or something. Yeah, you can be stealth enough. Go ahead and just give me a pick lock check. Or uh, use uh, these tools. These tools, which is what's th- what's the dex plus proficiency? Okay, fourteen. That's enough. So you insert your picks into the lock, twiddle around with it a little bit, and you hear the uh, tumblers come free. Not a terribly complicated lock. And inside, cabbages galore, as well as uh, dried meats and what looks like hides of desert creatures. You see some of those mole-type creatures that I was talking about, like prairie dogs, are hanging up by their tails. And you poke it in the belly a little bit, and instantly there's like a post-mortem kick as the belly of it inflates. Oh. And uh, it's just like a little puff. Oh, okay. And as you are looking around, you see there's a sign above it that says puffer monks. Puffer monk? I'm going to avoid the puffer monk. Okay, just because that they, I they're unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar with them, but I grab. I would. I take the the. You said there was hide. I'll like makeshift that into a bag. Yep, that works. And take as much cabbage and dried meat uh, as I could. You pile it all into your bag uh, as much as you can carry. Are there any canteens in this particular one? There are no canteens of water. There's plenty canteens of the cactus juice, however. Okay, so I'll take, I'll grab like five canteens. All right, and you close up shop and are now trying to make your way quietly through this town with a whole bunch of stuff on you. By the time you're done with this, uh, Hirak, you see Exiot kind of trailing a large pack of stuff behind him as he's uh, walking towards you and you are still invisible. As he laughed like Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Before we leave, can I do a perception check on the area with the knowledge of there's no one up here and there's bodies down below? I want to see if I can f- figure out what happened. Also, that's not going to, it's a six plus five, I think, 11. Yeah, it's hard to piece together exactly what happened. With nobody being out here, you're not sure what the death toll actually was. So, I would like to make my way to the pond because uh, I want to. I want to dump out the cactus juice and fill up the canteens with that water uh, because I figured that he that 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 being able to purify the like an actual water source would be easier or more possible than like the cactus juice. You head over back to the pond area. Uh, I assume it's awa- on the way. Is it, it relatively? Is. Okay, good. Yeah. The, so the oasis, is, it's in the center of town. And there's the little knee-high fence uh, that comes up to your waist, I guess, uh, that goes all the way around the oasis. The water is darker and murkier, with palm trees dotted around it and little bits of grass scattered out, providing some greenery. Underneath the palm trees, there's the little statuette. And as you are kneeling down here and pouring up some water... I'm like, here, keep watch. Your hand ever so slightly touches the water and you feel a burning sensation. I look at my hand. You take one point of acid damage. Ah! 
as you uh, put your hand in the water. You want to purify and drink that? Oh, hey. Hey, Herek. You haven't said a thing in a while. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I've been here the whole time. I got to keep my concentration to keep this spell up, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I... Does that water smell I funny? I think I'm going to change... I think I'm changing my mind on this. I'm just going to... We'll keep the others as cactus juice. I'm not sure what I just filled this with. Brad, does this smell like acid? It's okay. got more of a musk to it than anything else. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I changed my mind. So I, the rest, the four canteens are still still have cactus juice, but one has the weird, the weird water. Right. All right, let's just get back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Hirak, you want to carry something for me? I'm carrying no, a pot. No, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I grab a bag of something. I'll be Santa's little helper. You take the food. Okay, good. All right, and then we make our way back towards Malstoni. You guys head outside of town and make your way back and uh, walk through the scorching desert until you reach uh, Malstoni's little hut. You're always looking over your shoulder to see if you're being followed. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception check, each of you. No, uh, I got a one. Mm, I got a, I got a Which 13. is a two total. It looks like you guys are not being followed. Nice. Oh, wait, that's probably not a good thing. That's good to hear with low rolls. <laughs> I would like to hide. When we get back? As we're coming up. Okay, dang it. All right, you guys reach the dwelling of Melstoni and see that no one is home. Hmm, now that is indeed a curious observation. Mouse are the cow mouse there? Yo, Marcus! Cow mouse are there. Melstoni! Uh, Melstoni's next to me. Says, "Should should we should we show ourselves?" Do you see anything? Well, I guess they're. I say this out loud. I guess they're not here. I guess we could go and uh, with these all the supplies by ourselves. That'd be nice, huh? Double the rations, I, right? You 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 hear a shh. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could eat. We could eat all the chocolate right up front, and we could save all the cabbage for later, huh? But for the love of <laughs> all that is holy, shut up. Shut up, you bird man. <laughs> I, I immediately uh drop down or put put my stuff down that I'm carrying. Toby immediately like pounces on the bird man. Okay. He's a, wait, is he not invisible anymore? Well, I'm holding stuff. So oh, right, right. I, okay. I, I, I assume and I he's talking the extremely loud. I dropped the spell. <laughs> right. No, actually, I'm going to keep the spell. I'm right. going to keep the spell, even though I just got pounced on. I would like to, because I'm not going to hide because that would mean that someone w is onto me. I'm going to just act like I. And, you know, just made it back as normal and I'll walk out and look off into the look off into the desert to try and see if I can see anyone and take a swig of the cactus juice. Can I do it? Can I take another look or is that? You may. It looks like it's just sand and the distant haze of Destune, which you guys have left behind. Uh, Melstoni says, well, if you are not being followed now, we might be followed if we tend to linger around. So... I say that we, how do they say, uh, blow this popsicle stand? <laughs> Make like a banana and split. Make like a tree and leaf. Make like a baby and head out. Okay, that is too much. Let us go. <laughs> yeah. okay. Birdman, you're not allowed to make puns. No, okay, cool. <sighs> okay, uh, I'm going to catch them up after we start leaving because 
because uh, I know that the two tieflings are still in town, and I think if we leave now, we're gonna be ahead of them. So we should we should leave now. I I tell them that. Let's go ahead and uh, okay. So load up these uh, cow mills. So yeah, so we load up the cow mills and we start walking. And as we walk, then here you tell us like basically exactly what you, everything Brad was. Yeah, saying. yeah. They have some sort of. Uh, I'm gonna do it in character. Whoa! Weird. Wow. The two tieflings that we saw yesterday, they were still there, and they were talking, and I think there might have been someone else in the room with them. But the thing of importance, um, Malstoni and Marcus, no one was in town. And, like, up top, no one was in the bar, no one's at the carts or nothing. And when I went down into the... Oh, by the way, uh, Exioc, I went down into where we were yesterday. Yeah, I think I figured that out now. Okay, cool. Um... There was a lot of bodies. I couldn't see what they were, and I couldn't say who they were. But there was a lot of bodies under a cart, under a tarp, or something. It's a shame. So I think we're making the right move to move on. I think so. The two people who were in charge of the passing hand, they said he had some sort of bird book, and that they were trying to learn the ways of eternal life using what they learned at the ancient temple. <gasps> Uh, the elixir of life. Yeah, I'm immediately interested. Oh gosh, you know my old my old uh, alchemist master thought he was close to the uh, elixir of life. He only figured out how to kill people though. <laughs> and this weird <laughs> smile comes across my face. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm a man of many talents. I do a cartwheel. <laughs> But yeah, I think so. We just continue on. We've got we've got food that should last us all the way to the mountains. Yeah, indeed. You guys set off with Melstoni across the desert, heading towards the gloomy clouds that are over top of the Great Erogat Desert. As you are traveling along, traveling by day, as you learned last time, is pretty brutal. And with no shelter out here, the heat becomes scorching and terrible. Melstoni, as you guys are walking along, says, All right, the center of the desert is the most hostile and dangerous. This is where we have what is known as the bull. It is a great amount of uh, turbulent activity that happens here, where the sand is kicked up into violent storms and elemental energies uh, from times long past are said to be spread out here. So I suggest either we skirt around it or make a quick pace moving through it. Typically, I choose to go around, but that could take another week off of our time. Oh, yeah, a week's a long time. We definitely don't have enough food for a week. Unless you are okay with losing one of your cow mills. You see he shoots you like a dirty look. Like he usually doesn't express emotion at all. (laughs) And this is like... Not a good sign for Melstoni at all. I laugh. <laughs> then it's agreed. All right. Well, I, I suggest that you have your wits about you when we are going through here. Stay on your guard and do not get distracted by anything. The desert can be a treacherous place. Oh, I got more than my wits. Toby the cat will be on guard on one of the cow mill's heads the entire time, just like swiveling cat head. But... Unlike an actual cat, his head is able to do an entire 360 circle constantly, like Radar. <laughs> Whoa. He's got sonar capabilities. 
Yeah, every once in a while from Toby, you hear a boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cats, cats make that noise anyways. It's just a... <laughs> should we just should I just take his passive perception, or would you like me to roll a perception check for... I'll take passive. Okay, it's uh, 14. Dang, son. <laughs> That's one of his skill proficiencies. You're going to have to be really sneaky to get us, birthday boy. <laughs> you guys make it to probably about 15 miles on this day of travel, walking through the desert with these cow mills. Uh, every once in a while, checking over your shoulder to make sure you weren't followed. The path leading outside of town was well-trodden, but as you get to a certain point, the path disappears as the sands at the top of the desert have shifted around and obscured any path that might have been made. The dunes typically uh, slant off to either side of the path as it's easiest just to walk on the tops of the dunes that make the path and it kind of zigzags and snakes through the desert terrain and Melstoni leads you expertly over the land. As you guys have traveled for about a day, the sun has gone down. As you have come to the edge of a giant downward looking slope and you can see the path that leads down but in front and in the center of this enormous bowl of dust it is obscured by sand that has been whipped up and kicked around uh, forming a cloud of dust that doesn't seem to be terribly violent but definitely present to a point where you can't see through it just over the top of the haze you can make out the shape of the Unkspire that is getting even closer as you're walking along. But the desert itself poses a formidable barrier between you and your destination. You guys bed down for the night and make camp. As you uh, tie up the cow mills and feed them and water them, take a little bit of rations for yourself, knowing the path that is going to lead you on for multiple days through this bowl if you're not quick. I need you guys to tell me uh, what order you're taking shifts in. So I also cast purify food and drink on anything that is being consumed. Nice. Uh, just to just to make sure. Uh, that does remove all of the alcohol content from the cactus juice. <gasps> nice. No, don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't. What, what about the <laughs> what about it's the good. weird water? Yeah, the acid. Yeah. So Seriously. as you purify food and drink on this, it removes a lot of the smell that was coming off of it the musk and as you are trying to test it out it still gives a bit of a burning sensation even after the purified food and drink yeah i think i messed up with this one it's okay we'll make it um so yeah, the alcohol content is removed from the cactus juice i'm also a little disappointed about that but it's fine that's it's better. There's been way. cactuses dotted around all over the place as you've gone through here too. So, okay, good. So we'll, we'll refill. Let's do the same order: Mustoni, me, Exioc, Marcus. Uh, you know, I think I can deal with that. All right, you guys. I lay down. Bed down. Uh, Melstoni and Toby take watch. Toby has taken a liking to Melstoni, and. Melstoni sits on the edge of the dune and breathes deeply, getting back into his meditative state, and you hear him start to hum ever so slightly to himself. Beautiful lullaby that uh, lulls you guys to sleep. Nice. And first up is Hirak. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception check. 17 plus 5. All right. 22. 
you look out and you're trying to analyze where this dust bowl might end. You see that it starts curving around, but only like probably three or four miles on either direction to form kind of a circular bowl as it goes around. And it seems almost like a downward facing ledge. Like I can't even, I'm I'm trying to describe how massive this thing is. Melstoney lets you know is massive. It's probably going to be like 35, 40 miles in diameter from one point to another of this bowl that leads downward through the center of the Aerogat and the misty haze that permeates it. Like you're trying to figure out how Melstoney is going to lead you guys through this thing. When you came from over the mountains, you had traveled along the outskirts uh, over to the west of the Aerogat and through the more dense forest waste uh, that's over by the uh, sea edge over on the western side of the Aragat, wanting to bypass it entirely. But your journey had led you down to the s- southern portion, which led you back up into Destune. And Exioc, you also skirted around, although you came through the desert when you came to Destune. Yeah, I've been in the desert for a while. Right. So you guys all know about this bull here in the center and that you're just supposed to avoid it at all costs. Um, if you can, but with time being of the essence, you feel pressured into this. And these are the thoughts that are running through your mind, Hirok, as you are keeping watch. And you're looking for anything unusual that's shifting through uh, the sands, but nothing comes to your attention. Uh, next up is Exioc. Uh Before I go to sleep, can I look at the notes that we got like two nights ago? Is there anything that we haven't read yet that would be useful? If that makes yeah. sense. Uh, give me an investigation check. Uh, that is a 8 plus 2, 10. All right. Um, most of it is what you had already seen before. Experiments and uh, a bunch of failed tests and uh, subject names that have been crossed out on how well these uh, charm person experiments have been going. You see that they've been working with another spell that's called Suggestion and trying to see the effects of the cantrip friends as well to see what combination of the spells or tweaking them in this way and how to distill it into some sort of arcane formula and you see that they struggle for quite a bit as far as the journal goes and then as soon as you get to the part where they start talking about experiments with elaine and trying to recruit her and brainwash her uh their progress immediately uh skyrockets and you can see that they make leaps and bounds in where they were trying to get to before and that elaine has been one of their key assets in researching the spell and that when she was completed uh in the indoctrination process that she was transferred to the mountain location and as you were flipping through here you see something in the very back page that you didn't notice first flip through it's just a drawing of a book by the looks of it and it's very detailed the cover of the book seems to be a well ornately designed uh spiral design with uh, metal clasps in the corners and a heavy metal bolt that covers the book um in the front and in the center there is a circle that has like squiggly lines that form the circle so it's not like a perfect circle made out of curves and it looks like that is a place for something to go and they keep pointing at it and then you see about the book there is a big like circle around it with a slash through it as in like big x on the book and underneath is written do not try and open will disintegrate (laughs) 
and uh, just in the top right corner, you see two words with a question mark, bird book, question mark. Okay. And then you turn the page over on the back to see if there's anything else. And you just see a little note that says, ask Rark. Ask Mark? Rark. R-H-A-R-C. Rark. Ooh. Mm, okay. <laughs> Dang it. But that is all you find uh, as you're researching through these papers. Okay. Sleepy time for me. All right. Dream sequence. Just kidding. Moving on to... I think it's my turn. During the time, uh, I would like to practice some Mage Hand, Ledger Main. And I'm going to be playing uh, Catch with Myself with the Knife. I'm going <laughs> to be... I, I've, I've been thinking about this. I'm going to be sitting there and like about six feet out from me, I'm going to have like the Mage Hand formed there and I'm going to take the knife and I'm going to throw it. And then, you know, my, the mage hand would be making the throwing motion, but wouldn't be doing anything. And then I would be trying to catch it with my mage hand and then, like, toss it back. And uh, I'm get, I, uh, getting some good practice in both with uh, tossing the dagger and uh, with mage hand because I just want to be more familiar with it. Sure. Okay, now I'm rolling my perception. That is a, an 18 total. Ooh, nice. Looking out over the desert landscape... Uh, you take in what Hirok did, uh, getting a better judge for all of this and kind of wishing that you guys hadn't taken this path, but also knowing it's like whatever. And you know how capable Marcus is in a pinch now, Mm -hmm. and you're pretty confident in the people that you surrounded yourself with. As you are looking down into this bowl with the dust that has been kicked up in it, you see every now and then like little pockets begin to open up within the cloud of dust itself as the moonlight is pouring down onto it you're not sure if it's just like moving around or if there are shapes moving on the inside of it but your eyes seem to be playing weird tricks on you and every time you you rub it it's just the clouds that are moving in different patterns as they stretch on for miles um so you don't know what's going on but it's it's very strange all right i'll uh wake up marcus marcus you have been awakened hey marcus Perception check from you, sir. You're up for watch. Um, for me, that is an 11. You and Toby just chill, looking out over the desert landscape. You want to do anything else while you're doing this? Yeah, during my last hour of watch, I'm going to create, using one of my skills, the right tool for the job. I'm going to spend my last hour to work on creating navigation tools. Ooh, Ooh nice. All right. Cool. So what does that encompass? Like a compass? Yeah. Uh, whatever whatever you want it to be. It could be a compass. I would prefer it to be something that doesn't rely on seeing the sky, knowing that we will be in dust clouds. You don't need to see the sky with a compass. Sure. We're heading north. Exactly. exactly. So I would like a like basically a compass. All right. Uh, Hopefully the moving sand won't mess with the magnetic field. <laughs> Tommy, you read my mind. Ah. Tommy, stop reading the script. Like, I thought I had that under lock and key. (laughs) But you didn't have to tell us that you were going to do that. Darn rogues. And Uh, then to wake everybody up, I will, for fun, uh, use my magical tinkering thing. I will have an object in my hand. I'll spend... uh, It does not take me any time to do this. It just happens. Cool. I take an object. I touch it with my magical tinkering tools. And... uh, 
Whenever tapped by a creature, the object emits a recorded message. And I'm going to make it uh, just uh, Toby making uh, metal noises. Like, I don't know, clanks. (laughs) Uh, Then I'm just going to put it next to each of them and tap it. So that way they wake up to a nice, uh, some nice clanking metals. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, My own Uh, Clanking metals abound. I, you gotta be kidding me, Marcus. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Melstoni starts uh, getting the cow mills ready for the day. I eat some food. And he uh, says, all right, well, let us be off. We will be in the dust for several days, so make sure that you keep your scarves around your mouth so that you do not breathe in the dust. Keep it over your eyes as much as you can. Protect yourself, and it's going to get noisy in there as well, so we will be using hand gestures as much as possible. Um, Exioc, uh, you can do that thing where you... Uh, I pull out my rope with a big grin on my face. Yes. For camp, we will be digging down trenches in order to sleep. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this peace while it lasts, as these next few days will be very difficult and progress will be slow. Mm-hmm. But make sure that we stick together and I hope and pray that we do not get lost. All right. You know, <clears throat> this has worked well for us in the past, Marcus. And I look at... Uh, Hirak and toss him part of the rope, and I tie and I tie the end of the rope around me. I'll take up the rear, and and I and gesturing for them to do the same. I said, and I'm like, uh, in case visibility really does go down, this is gonna be uh, life saving. I tie myself to it and tie it to one of the cowmels. Right, right, right. You guys descend into the great bowl in the center of the Arogat Desert as the wind whistles past your ears. And the dust starts swarming, or swirling around your heads. Uh, you close your eyes and want to just peek through, barely a little bit, as to keep everything out. But it is permeating everything as you're walking through. It is uncomfortable. It is rough. It is unbearable. As you're walking through, it gets darker and darker as the sunlight starts to disappear from overhead. You're all tied to the ropes together as Melstoni and Marcus take the lead as you trudge through the sand whipping around your ankles. As you're walking through, every once in a while, you'll see Marcus up in front trip a little bit as rocks are jutting out from underneath the sand that has been whipped up. You trudge through and uh, make it as far as you can for about four hours or so of uh, this you don't know how far you've gone you don't know how far you still have to go but eventually you see Melstoni puts up his hand and motions for Exioc to use his metal wire to message him okay I so I I pull out my wire and point it at him I say what's up I have an uneasy feeling I feel like we are being watched uh is there is there anything I can do I turn around and, and I'm peering through the sand I need everybody to give me perception checks these normal or like disadvantage? Normal. Okay. Twenty one with the mine's a crit twenty. Nice. Nine. Twenty four. What the dang it? I got a crit twenty and Matt did better than me. I I rolled a nineteen, but I have a plus five. Uh, Exioc and Hiroc, you guys start looking around, and uh, Marcus as well, but you guys can't see anything. Hiroc, you get the idea to run under the cow mills for a little bit of shade. As you do so, it opens up the visibility just a little bit as you're hiding behind the six leg or underneath these six legged creatures trying to get a good view of what might be going on around here that Melstoni has this feeling about. As you look into the dust, Hirok, you see light for the first time 
and or like pinpricks of light as they open up into little slits that look like slanted bright yellow eyes that are peering through the dust statue. And that is where we're going to end the session. No! What is going to happen? Gosh. I don't know, but tune in next week to find out what happens to our (laughs) 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 adventures in Yet Sierra. Yet Sierra. Ah, man. Wow, great great birthday session, Brad. Thank you. Fun birthday session. Yeah, you guys, I had a a whole bunch of notes here, but you guys didn't want to go asking any questions. So it's just uh, (laughs) conjecture at this point. So we're going to get into all that and more over on our after show, Afterburner, the show about the show. So uh, you guys can access that by supporting us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash fire and dice. And there's a couple different tiers and we uh, really appreciate it. It helps keep the podcast running. As always, it is the end of the episode and we get to shout out our wonderful denizens of Yetzira, our patrons. Woohoo! Woohoo! Patrons, yeah. patrons. Starting off today with Meg the Manic Pixie, went back to the Fragrant Sanctum to find that her boss, Frisco the Gnome, had vanished. <gasps> Thoughts raced through her head as she wondered if her actions had led to this moment. But as it turns out, Frisco was just invisible, as gnomes often do. <laughs> Wasn't he pair a, wearing a pair of sunglasses over or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Keith, the captain of the Destune Fire Brigade, was not always captain of the Destune Fire Brigade. Previously, he worked in customer service until he was fired. He should have been sad about this, but fire references always make him happy. So it was okay. (laughs) And we have Joe the Scrawny Goliath. Little is known about his past other than his family is not scrawny. In fact, his family is quite swole, which begs the question of why Joe is not swole. A mystery for perhaps another time. Mm. Mm. We got Derek, the hooded lifeguard of the Oasis was lured into an alley last time by a cloaked figure. Derek followed only to find that the cloaked figure was a traveling salesman who was trying to sell sundials. Derek has a perfect internal clock and has no need for sundials. (laughs) And we have Sophie, the official Destune tour guide, was once given a two-star review by a group of tourists. They said she told them everything there is to know about the town except for the Oasis. Sophie was used to expertly deflecting these kind of questions, but she decided she needed to figure out what was happening. She put on her detective hat for the first time and went sleuthing. <laughs> oh, got Ooh. a new hat. Mm-hmm. And would you look at this? Our cast of denizens is growing. We have... We got more people. More people. Woo! So, we have Casey, the wandering gypsy of Trashboro. <laughs> <laughs> Casey arrived in Destune late last night with an empty coin purse and the hope and dreams of his extended family. He noticed a hooded lifeguard keeping watch over a pond and signaled him over. Unfortunately, they did not want to buy a sundial. (laughs) (laughs) What am I a watch? (laughs) And another new uh, patron. Thank you so much, Tyra, the half-elf sorceress from elsewhere. Tyra is also new to the town and has set up a temporary shop reading fortunes for people. She put on her elaborate display, uses lots of hand gestures, but what she she really sells are the dancing lights that emerge from her hands that are, quote, futuristic globules of magical destiny and inevitable fate of doom, also known as the Fagomdivod. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Work in progress. (laughs) 
That's going to get a new crack at that name every single week. It's going to mm. be great. <laughs> Fagam de Fog. Oh. Thank you so much to our denizens. Mm. Thank you so much to our patrons. Catch us on our social medias. Tell me what are they? Well, there are Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Reddit. And yeah, if you uh, would like to ask us questions over on the Twitter, that would be great. And we can answer them in the afterburner. This is true. Hey, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Our audio is on Facebook, as always, if you're interested or trying to sue us. And with that, we thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.